Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, your host of Ask a Coach, the Windermere podcast. In this podcast, we'll tackle some of your toughest real estate questions. Each episode will provide you with detailed answers and proven solutions to some of the biggest challenges facing realtors today. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, and welcome to our podcast, Ask a Coach by Windermere. And I am so excited today to have Stacey Brown-Randall with us. Stacey, how are you? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you bet. For those of you who don't know who Stacey Brown-Randall is, you will know uh, after this podcast, but Stacey is an author. She's a speaker. She's an entrepreneur. Um, she wrote the book, uh, Getting Referrals Without Asking. She has a great website, Stacey Brown-Randall. She also has a great podcast. It's called Roadmap to Referrals, right, Stacey? It is, yes. And you were actually in real estate in 2006, uh, and then you got out of it. Just tell me that story real quickly. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I tell folks that I got, so I, I've always worked when I was an agent, I always worked full time and I did real estate on the side, which I know for people who take real estate very seriously as their career, you're like, oh, you're one of those part-time agents who just right. like muddies up the business. But I promise I took it very seriously. Um, I There were some big changes going on in the brokerage world um, back in 2006. So I was one of those people who like rushed to get the, like the basic license and then rushed to get my BIC, my broker in charge license, had zero business being a broker in charge, let's be honest. But <laughs> um, I decided to become a real estate agent because I was, I guess I was engaged at the time or newly married, actually. I was newly married. We didn't have kids. My husband owned a restaurant. So I spent a lot of nights and weekends alone. Right. And so for me, it was like, oh, I'll just make more money. And this is great. And I love real estate. And, you know, it'll be, and I, you know, I, I'm sure I've got all the personality I need to do this and I will get comfortable with negotiation. It'll be great. Um, and so I decided to get my license because one of my friends at, uh, where we worked got hers and that was in 2006. And I just, I really did it part-time. Um, I never intended to go full-time with it, but you know, I took it seriously. I really enjoyed it. And it was about 2009. My son was about five or six months old and my babysitter canceled on me. And I had to show houses one Saturday with him strapped to a baby Bajorn to my chest. Right. <laughs> and I was like, nope, we're done. Not doing this again. Not doing this I, again. You know, my husband, we, I mean, he owned his restaurant till 2018. So for like 15 years, like I knew in 2009, like he's never going to not be working nights and weekends. And I need more reliable childcare if I'm going to be serious about this. So I actually exited the business, the part-time work that I did, but I really did enjoy it. And I think it gives me a unique and great perspective on what agents are going through. I, I totally agree. And you and you have three kids now, right? Yeah, three too many. Three too many. I love it. Well, <laughs> and you know, and and I came across your information. So when your book came out, and I believe was that in 2018? It was, yes. Yep. So your book came out in 2018. I read the book and uh, started implementing some of the stuff that I learned from you in the five simple steps. Uh, into our coaching. And then uh, fast forward, I, I'm a ninja instructor. And then Larry started implementing some of the stuff that you talk about in there uh, when we have our day on, on connecting with your sphere. And so uh, I'm just thrilled to death to have you here because I'd love to kind of demystify referrals a little bit, maybe if we can. And I, you know, I got started in 1997 in uh, doing this. And I remember way back then, uh, there was the classic phrase, I'm never too busy for your referrals. <laughs> Uh, it's, still, it's still a classic that some people use. I wish they wouldn't, but it's right. still used. 
So I thought maybe it would be helpful for our listeners just to hear kind of some of the ways that maybe we try to get referrals that isn't working right now. And then let's talk about some strategies that you know work phenomenally well. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. When it comes to referrals, and I see this a lot, I do work with a lot of real estate agents. So I see this a lot within the industry is that there are, I mean, I'll just be honest, there are some giants that teach how you're supposed to go about getting referrals within the real estate industry. And they are strategies that have been taught for decades and decades, probably in a, even generations. Yes. And it has permeated the industry. And when something, when advice has been around for so long and permeates something so deeply, it's hard to believe that there's actually another way, that there can be a different way to generate referrals. When I talk to folks about receiving referrals, I'm like, you know, referrals would be amazing. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could get them without having to ask? Because asking for them is the biggest, like, I would say old school tactic that has been taught for so long. It's one of the, it's one of the big ones that are taught. And a lot yeah. of people are like, I don't want to ask. And then well, it's, it's scary. Well, it's scary to ask, right? I mean, it's fear-based. It is. You know, I came across an article in Google one day that said um, the title of the article was 25 ways to ask for a referral without feeling desperate. Yeah. And my initial thought was, if you need 25 ways to not look desperate, it's because, yeah. you know, you look desperate. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, and I think it's a lot of this is like our us being taught a way to do something that doesn't align with who we are and how we want to show up in the marketplace. And I don't mean this is like, oh, do the uncomfortable thing and you'll get better at it because a lot of people don't want to have to ask for referrals. And then the advice is usually, well, then you don't get any because if you're not going to ask for them, they're just not going to come your way or just hope you do great work. And what I found when I started you know, generating referrals for my own business. I was doing it for myself. I'd had a business failure. I was trying to not have a second business failure. I was trying to be more successful and I really needed referrals to work. And I had three kids, as you said, like I wasn't going to do a ton. Well, I added them as I went, obviously, but um, I wasn't going to do a ton of networking, didn't have a budget to be buying leads or Facebook ads or anything like that. I needed referrals to work for me. I needed them to work in a way that would, I would do it. Which right. meant I couldn't be asking. And so what I find is that because the advice permeates the industry that you must ask, people are like, oh, wait, she teaches referrals what, without asking. Like, what does that mean exactly? And at the heart of it, and this is something I think people misunderstand, is that everything I teach, all the strategies I teach from the what to do to who to do it for to the language you use to everything, it's all based on actually what's happening from the science perspective yes. of referrals. And that's been the piece people just didn't consider. They just they just didn't ever pay attention to that. Actually, when someone's giving a referral, there's a whole bunch of things happening, like from the psychology of trust to what's going on in their brain to what's actually happening from a behavioral economics and the science of social networks. Like there's a lot of stuff happening when referrals are being given that once you understand it, then you realize how you can tap into it and do it in a way that protects your relationships. Um, and also then, you know, in my opinion, it's if you can protect your relationships, then you're probably doing everything right. Well, and I love the fact that you say it's based in science because in a lot of sciences around uh, human nature and how we interact as human beings and our psyche and our non-conscious thoughts and all that great stuff. And I think that many times when uh, the old school way that we've mentioned, um, it also puts the the client that you're asking in, in a not so great position either. And it doesn't feel good for them. And I think both of those just don't work well. So let's let's talk about it. So, you know, you talked about the science. So give me some ideas, just like the basics 101 
in referrals and not asking, you know, if you were to kind of go through kind of an outline, I mean, where do you start with that? You know, here's somebody saying, okay, how do I do it? What's kind of the base level where you first start? So the first thing I want folks to understand is referrals aren't about you. Yep. Let me say it again. <laughs> referrals are not about you. And I know that's like, what do you mean? I just got a new client. Like I got a new potential client. Of course it's about me. I'm going to make me make some money, right? Like we we think that we're being referred because we do great work or we think we're being referred because people want to help us. And then the re reality is when you break down the science of what's going on in the brain of the referral source, when they are actually referring you to someone else, it never starts with you. Where it starts is your referral source knowing somebody else that has a problem, that has an issue. And the referral source is like, wait, I can be the hero. This is all done subconsciously, obviously. Yes. I can be the hero and I can help them. How I'm going to help them is by connecting them to Michael because Michael's the right person for the job. And so in that case, when you receive a referral, you need to consider yourself as what you are, which is just the solution provider. Yeah. That's what you yeah. are. Right. And so when people understand, wait, referrals aren't about you. Well, then that backs into understanding how we actually go about cultivating and receiving referrals. Um, a lot of people will come to me and they'll be like, well, it's nothing I can control. And I'm like, well, and honestly, we know this. There's a lot that we don't control that happens. But there's actually things within referrals you do control that allow you for the things you don't control to put the odds in your favor. And I think that's the other thing because most people like buy into, hey, I'm going to get referrals. And yes. so they buy into the idea that there's some easy button I get to push. There's just some script I've got to learn. And then it's just, they're just going to happen. Um, and the reality of it is, is when you look at referrals and you look at making them happen and you understand if they're not about you, every referral needs two things to happen, desire and opportunity. You no. only control desire. It's my desire to refer to you versus any other agency out there, right? It's my desire to refer to you as the real estate agent. I, I have a hundred thousand probably others I could pick from in any given area, right? Like, okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit, right. but, um, but I pick you desire. That's what you control. And you can control that through how you take care of your referral sources. And what that looks like is a big part of behavioral economics and some other things, but like the, how we control that desire, what you don't control is the opportunity, which means the people we want to generate referrals from, we have to make sure they're actually going to come across opportunity to refer to us because we can control their desire to pick us. We don't necessarily control all the opportunities that they're going to come across. And when you try to control opportunity and manufacture it by asking for referrals, that's when the science, that's when you violated the science and it kind of shuts down everything and starts damaging relationships. Absolutely. Well, and I love the fact that, you know, the desire and, and, you know, we teach this in coaching when we say you create the desire through all different types of things. And I'd love to get your opinion on this, but you know, it's, it's the process that you have with your client. It's the consistency and how you show up with value and providing solutions to them that then starts to build an image in their mind that not only are you able to do that for this person, but because you did it so well, you're going to make them look good because you have a solution to provide to somebody who's asking where the opportunity lives. Is that kind of the Absolutely. concept behind there? Yeah, I mean, and definitely, I think that the other piece to that is, is understanding that desire to pick you, right? That desire to refer to you, obviously within that also comes the trust factor, the psychology of trust that they have uh, of the type of job you will do. Um, and I, I think you can't, you gotta have all the pieces. 
Like it's not just like, you can't just pick and choose. It's not a buffet. You just right. pick and choose what pieces you want. And this, I'll do this little bit and that's how I'll get referrals. Like, no, you gotta, you gotta know what they all are and you've got to um, implement them as well. So, so what, so if we were to like run an example of this, uh, a scenario where, you know, you created this desire I, and I know you, I love it. Cause when I listen to your podcast, you always tell good stories about agents that did this or somebody that did this and there's a story behind it. Is there anyone that comes to mind in terms of creating that desire? You know, what's really interesting is um, when I'm talking to my clients and we're talking about what it looks like to have somebody refer to you versus anyone else, I always tell them is first, like start with who you know, right? We're not trying to go out there. You can, we do, and there's a strategy we teach how to get basically people who don't know you to start referring you, but we never start there. That would be that would be awful, actually, yeah. because it takes more, way more time. And so it's that understanding of that. Not everybody is naturally positioned to think about referring you because most of us go about our day thinking about ourselves in all yeah. honesty and our own to-do list and the everything that we have going on. Um, so I always tell my clients, I'm like, at the, like, they're always like, well, when can I expect results and what will this look like? I'm like, there's a lot that goes into it. And it starts with understanding. I don't know how you've treated your network, your sphere of influence, your clients, the people who could refer to you. I don't know how you've been treating them up until the point, right, that we ultimately get started. And I remember I had this one agent that was like, well, just assume I've been ignoring them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, so I know now where we're starting from, right? We can't just like pull in a China shop, like go in and be like, hey, referrals are awesome. Like, not that that's what we would say or do anyway, but um, it's always important for you to recognize where you're starting from. And all of my clients start a little bit different. The other thing I see with real estate agents is, and I, I say this with a lot of love, but what I'm about to say is not going to sound right. like there's any love That's in my okay. words, but real estate agents, not all, but a large majority, their databases are a mess. Yep. And right. when I'm like, okay, great. Who are your referral sources? They basically like, I have 300 or I have 3,000 people in my database. Those are my referral sources. I'm like, no, they're not. They're not, nope. I was like, it's like telling me that the, the 5,000 people you have in your database are all your clients. If you haven't made money off of them, they're not a client. Right, exactly. So I usually do a lot of stuff. Like a lot of times with agents, I'm like, we got to unpack and define and categorize and label what actually is. Because for a referral source, to be your referral source, it means they have to be a human that has actually referred you before. That's an existing referral source. You can have potential referral sources, people you want to refer you, but that's a different category. And so that's the other thing I always see when I'm working with agents. I was like, you need to know when you get started, we're going to have to clean up this database so your data can tell us where we need to start. Yeah, I agree with that. And we we look at that too, like with our coaching clients, we always, we call it the octane of your database, but we look to see in the categories, like, you know, how many people do you have with, they recall your evangelists, meaning that they've, they've worked for you, they've referred you, but they, you you know, you say real estate, they say your name. Right. You know, and versus, you know, the people that know you, but gosh, they might not even think about you. Yes. And they're, and what you do to each of those groups, it is actually different. Yes. Based on what that looks like um, and understanding that. And I I do think like the way I, and I love how complimentary what I, I do is with Ninja Selling. Um, and Larry and I have had some great conversations about like, 
the complementary nature of like what he does and what I do, even though neither one of us knew who each other was, right? When we were right. getting started, obviously he's been doing this a lot longer than me, but still, <laughs> um, like when we when we talk about that and we kind of look at that from that perspective, I always want people who are like, I have a lot of people who come to me that are actually um, are doing some type of ninja coaching or they've been through an installation or something. And I'm always telling them, I was like, I want you to think about this from the, you're learning to work your sphere within ninja selling. Like you're understanding what that looks like. When I start talking about referral sources and cultivating referrals, all we're doing is going one layer deeper yep. within that sphere. And I'm going to categorize and define that group of people for what I want you to do for them very specifically, but it doesn't take away from anything else you're learning to do about being in flow and all those different things that you do when you're working your sphere. Right. And and I loved it because you said, you know, that the, the referral source is obviously your uh, family and friends, and then there's your sphere of influence uh, that you have. And then there's also, you know, uh, areas where other people are coming into contact with people that potentially could be referred to you. Um, I guess one of the questions I have for you is like when when you're when you're talking about not asking, so we're not asking referrals. What are what are some of the things you're seeing that are that agents are doing uh, that are allowing them to have that level, build that level of desire? You know, like and you talk about you know the ninja things, but you're taking a, a deeper dive. So let's say that I've got somebody in my database who I've worked with them, but I've never received a referral from them, and and like you said, maybe I'm not in contact with them on a regular basis. Where would you take that client down a road to say, okay, let's try to get them to become a referral source? What are some things that you talk about? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So this is one of the strategies we call potential referral sources. So just to make sure we're all on the same page, um, we in my world we categorize referral sources in two categories. They're either existing, meaning they've done it before, or like you're describing, they're potential. Yeah. So we want there's we like to call them soon to bees. <laughs> they're soon to be a referral source. They're soon to send us a referral, but they're potential referral sources. And then the there's four types of those. There's clients, centers of influence, or sphere of influence, family and friends, and then strangers. So when we are looking at somebody who is, let's say they were a, a previous client, we have kind of identified them as a potential referral source. They've never referred us before. The process is actually backwards to what everybody thinks it's going to be. I had somebody who came in to um, one of my programs and they were learning this potential referral source strategy. Like, how do we take somebody who's never referred you and get them to referring you and you're not allowed to ask them because that'll make everything kind of implode on itself. Right. And, he, and so he came in, he was like, this isn't what I thought it would be. And I'm like, okay, what do you mean by that? And he was like, I just need the script. Like, I just don't, I just need to sit down and tell him what I do and tell him how great I am. I'm paraphrasing his words. Right. Like, tell them what I do and tell them how great I am and tell them how long I've been in business and tell them why they should refer to me. And I'm like, have you done that before? And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's the script I got from somebody else. He's yeah. like, I've had like 200 of those coffees like that. I'm like, great. How many of those people started referring you? He was like, okay, point made. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. It's not working. Yeah. So when I say backwards, I mean, be different. And what I mean by that is don't try to be like a purple cow of marketing. What I mean by being different is that if I'm going to refer you, and I'm gonna ultimately have the desire to refer to you and pick you over all the other agents I could pick. I really have to decide that I like you and that I trust you. Mm -hmm. And the fastest way to get to someone to decide that they like you and trust you is to make it about them and to be able to, to work from that place for as long as it takes. But obviously there's a, there's a tactic behind it. There's a strategy behind it, of course. 
I always um, tell folks, we're not going in the front door here. We're not like running through the front door, refer me from our first coffee meeting. We're going to go in the side door and we're actually going to care. And if you're dead inside, this will not work for you. Yeah, exactly. You've got to care about that person. You've got to make it about them. You've got to go have a conversation with that person about like their world, what's going on in their life. And here's the key. You actually need to be listening for ways that you can help them. Because the best follow-up to do with somebody when you're trying to let them see that, hey, wow, he's different. She's different. They are different, right? The best thing that you can do in that moment is make it about them and show that you care about them by actually paying attention and finding a way to help them. Now, throughout that, once we actually like establish that, what we call the first conversation, and we want these to be done in person or virtually. I mean, most of my referral sources are not local. Like you refer to Anders to me. You're right. not local to me, right? Right, exactly. So I don't care if they're virtual or, or in person, but I don't want this to be a message that you leave on a voicemail. We're going to have our first conversation. I'm going to make it about you. I'm going to, how can I help you? Like what, can, like, and I'm not asking you because I'm trying to get to something. I genuinely want to care about you. And so to do that, it's like, I'm, I'm finding out more about you. I'm figuring out how I can help you. And then because we're all crazy, busy business owners, we need a structured process behind that to make sure I'm continuing to follow up. And then the secret sauce piece throughout all of that is how I plant referral seeds at specific moments throughout that first conversation and then throughout that follow-up that gets you doing a couple of things at one time, which is realizing that, wow, that was different. I had coffee with that person and they didn't talk about themselves the whole time. They actually asked me questions. And then, wow, they actually follow up. And that was so nice that they remembered that, that I said that, and they sent me that book or whatever it is. Like, And then the follow-up continues and you're subconsciously planting those referral seeds throughout all of that to where when the opportunity presents itself to that person, which could be very quickly or take a while, then they ultimately think to refer to you. But it is a combination of how you show up, your objective of being authentic and caring about other people and putting their needs first, while at the same time making sure you maintain that follow-up and then you know how to use the secret sauce, the language piece of, of planting referral seeds. I love it. So so just for our listeners, so what I heard was, you know, you make the conversation about them. So you get engaged in their life. You listen to understand, not to respond is what you're saying. And then you're picking out the small little acts of kindness that you can follow up with that are about them, whether it's sending them a book or, or circling back, say, hey, I know you weren't feeling well. I just want to know how you're doing. I don't know if you got that little uh, care package I sent you from Amazon. I hope that made you feel better. And then and it's the ongoing. So that's, that's really building the 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 connection for the trust then you said then you said the language and the referral seed give me an idea around that a little bit yeah so here's the thing i always tell folks is that ultimately what we're after is the is we're trying to earn the right to occupy space in someone's mind got it so if i can occupy space in your mind because i can care about you and it's genuine and it's authentic and i may show you that i care about you for 12 months before it actually ever comes back around if right. it does right from a referral perspective is i'm earning the right to occupy space in your mind because once i've earned the right to occupy space in your mind and i'm doing it from an authentic and genuine place i then have the opportunity to do, to direct how you think about me got it i love so, so- so own the space and then you can start directing how to think about you. 
Yes. So the number one question that is asked in every single business meeting, and it is one of the referral seeds that I teach my clients to actually plant. It's one of a lot, but like, it's the easy one that anyone can do, even if they're not working with me is the number one question that's asked in every single business conversation at the start of every single business conversation is usually how's business or how are things, Mm -hmm. right? How's it going? Right. Most people are like, Oh, Michael, thanks so much for asking. Things are great. How are things going for you? I teach, and it's in my book as well. So if people have the book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, it's in there too. So if you're like, wait, she said that so fast. <laughs> Let me just go look at it in print. Right. But the, the seed that we want to plant with How's Business is we want to tell a very quick, like 15 second story about referrals. So when you say to me, hey, Stacey, how's business, right? In that appropriate moment, right? Not as you're like running to chase an elevator. I'm not going to do it then. But in that appropriate moment, I just want to be like, Michael, thank you so much for asking. Actually, I just had um, a handful of new people join my coaching program, Building a Referrable Business. And actually, it's really interesting. Of the last five people who joined, um, four of them came from referrals. I love it when I get to receive new clients by referrals because it means I'm doing something right. That's, I love that. So right, you're, you're planting the seed that your business is based off that referral business. Yeah, it's like, it's the idea that that's just how business works for me. Yeah. And of course, if that can open up a conversation about referrals, so if you can get into a conversation, it's like if an agent is meeting with somebody else who's also in business for themselves or in sales, that sometimes will unlock a whole referral conversation. And that is amazing. That's that's great. But, you know, if you're having a conversation with just a really well-connected accountant that knows everybody in town, you may not necessarily, I don't, I'm not picking on accountants. It's just what came to mind. Right. Like, yes. You may not get into a whole business ownership, generating referrals. Where do you get your business from conversation, but just the ability to plant that seed and then say, oh, and then once I say, yeah, thanks so much for asking, right? The last five people I brought into my program, four of them were actually referred to me. It makes me know I'm doing something right. And then I would say, how are you doing, Michael? Like, I don't belabor it. I don't keep talking about it. I just planted the seed and I moved on because the thing people have to remember is that we remember one thing about the people we meet with. It doesn't matter how many things they told us. We're kind of all lazy in that way and not meet, not being mean, lazy, just like I got a million other things going on. And so we usually remember one thing about people. And if people are going to put you in a box and this is the box Michael goes in, and this is what I know about Michael, right? The box I want to be in is I want people putting Stacy in the box. It's like, and she teaches people how to get referrals. Yep, exactly. No, I love that. And so that, so that's a great seed. I, one other seed I read in the book, I, and I, maybe you just touch on it is um, when you write notes. Yes. So I'd that is. Love for you yeah. to share that one. Yeah. It's an easy one too. So the next time, so I'm speaking to all of your listeners, the next yep. time you get a referral. I want you to pull out a note card and with your own pen, I do not want you to hire a third-party robot to do this for you. (laughs) There's no AI involved. I want you to pull out a pen and I just want you to handwrite a thank you note. And you can say whatever you want in that note, but the one line that I want to be in that note is what we call the thank by name script or the thank by name seed. It is one sentence and it is, I'm just going to use Michael, you as my example, right? Perfect. Thank you. All right, so I'd say Michael in my card, right? Thank you for referring Anders to me. Here's the thing. Most people say, I'm saying all that. I'm like, oh, did I write Michael a thank you note? Now I'm starting to have a panic attack for right. myself. 
but let's just pretend I did, Michael. Okay, um, perfect. If not, I will go, I will go write you one today. <laughs> um, so anyways, so, and obviously I would use Andrew's last name. I'm just not for yep. purposes, but um, the idea here is, is that when I can say thank you for the referral, and then I can say the name of the person you referred, did you instantly picture Andrew's in your mind? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So you pictured, first of all, you got the, that I was thanking you, that I hand wrote you a card, which says, Hey, Michael, you're worth my time. And then of course, from that perspective, I'm also giving Andrew's name of who you referred. You instantly see him in your mind's eye. And that starts to connect the idea of that's right. I did refer. And so if you go about your day that day, you may come across somebody else that also like, Oh gosh, you got to check out Stacey's book or let me connect you with her or whatever it is. Right. So it's, it's the making sure it's very crystal clear. A lot of people just say, thanks for your referrals. Well, that's generic. Exactly. I want you to tell them exactly who they referred to you by telling them that it's worth you remembering and it's worth you writing a thank you note. And from that perspective, being able to say it in that way. So like, thank you for referring Anders to me, right? And then you can go on with the note and say whatever you want to say. Another great line to add is, it's an honor to help the people you know and care about. If I yeah. can do anything for you, please let me know. Three sentences. Yeah, that's awesome. That, and, and those are, and what's interesting too is, I mean, some of the stuff people are maybe listening going, oh, okay, it's really that easy. But I think the other piece to it is consistency. Um, because I think a lot of times agents hit and miss. They do it for a little while and then they stop doing it or they find the next shiny object or somebody gave them something else to do. And I think if they will take the concepts in your book that you wrote and the things that you talk about, and then also I love listening to your podcast because there's always nuggets that I can pull out of that and for us for coaching. But I always, I always preach to the consistency, build it into a process. So if you're going to work with your clients that are your C clients, you want to make a maze, what's your process, you know, in terms of your flow, your value add, and when you have your meetings and you listen and you talk, and like you said, then you're putting that information in your database. So the next time you talk, you can get to that desired state in their mind. But would you agree? I mean, it's, it's lack of consistency in many cases. It, yes. I mean, fundamentally, there's a framework that I teach with, with my coaching clients. And the framework is really, it's the it's the right strategies with the right confidence in your language. And the third piece of that framework is consistency. Um, and here's the thing. I just gave you a thank you note script that you can use and a house business referral seed planting opportunity. You're not going to unleash a river of referrals with but, either right. of just those two things. Um, so let's make sure we're saying expectations, but it is, it's like all the little things that you do that build up to big things, but they can only build up to big things when they're the little things are done consistently. Right. And I, and again, to my point is that you, you do have a very great process. Like if somebody were to sit down and go through your book and, and really map it out, there's a whole process. There's way more to this than, like you said, the two scripts that we just talked about. But I, I think what I want the listeners to take away with is that, you know, with these little things, if you start piecing them together and utilize your resources, you know, read the book, read the book again, start implementing it, reach out, maybe start listening to the podcast or even get involved in some of your workshops, but start building those referrals from a place of, of trust building referrals from a place of not asking, but providing great value to where people are now evangelistic about you. And what's amazing is when you do that consistently, it starts to grow pretty significantly. I think you, you've probably seen that in your own business, but also with the people you coach, I've got to believe that it just kind of turns the spigot on. Oh, it does. So let me just quickly tell you about an agent that I've been working with the last three years. Her name's Melissa. Um, she'll actually be on my podcast. I in interviewed her on my podcast. It'll be episode 298. Okay. So 
um, whenever this goes live, people just go look a roadmap to referrals episode 298. It's an interview I did with Melissa and here's what her, her snowball, we like to call it the snowball effect, right? Here's what her snowball effect looked like before she started working with me. And she came, she is actually coaching with a ninja coach, um, as well. So she came through ninja. Um, she averaged about 15 to 16 referrals a year prior to working with me. Um, her very first year with me was 2021. So uh, about 15, 16 referrals. We look at the average. I don't look at your 2020 numbers and make it, well, A, for real estate agents, I'd never look at 2020. To make right, exactly. <laughs> on anything for anybody, actually. But we looked at 18, 19, and 2020, and we averaged those together. And that gives us the average number of referrals received over a three-year period, if you've been in business that long. She averaged about 15, 16, let's just, we'll just call it 16 referrals a year. In her first year working with me, she received 40 referrals. Wow. So cool. more yeah. than doubled. I guess that's tripled, but I don't do power yeah. math. So yeah. Um, yeah. And then the next year, she got 54 referrals. And then last year in 2023, she got 56 referrals. But here's the, the whole point you're making about consistency and keeping it going. Melissa is, she's perfect for this because she's a very good tracker. So she knows this stuff. She started looking at something different two years ago. So we know in 2021, she got 40 referrals. That's great. We're so excited. Then she got 54 referrals, like I said, in 2022. But in addition to those 54 referrals, she got 34 were repeat clients who originally came from referrals. Yeah, and that's huge because so that's like, that's sustainability. Yes, and then the next year, right? 56 new, brand new referrals, re clients that she got. And in addition to that, so 54 plus 31 that came repeat clients that had been originally referred to her. When she got into her data, she went really deep with it. But I'm like, you know, we're, we're looking at that 54 plus 34, right? 56 plus 31, like... That's like the bulk of her bit. Like, she's like, that's all I need. This is yeah. all I need. I don't need to worry about buying leads or worrying about, you know, where all my other business is going to come from. Like, this is where it comes from. It comes from refers, refer, referral, excuse me. And then clients who are going to repeat with me. And a bunch of them are actually originally referred to me. Yeah, that's, and, and, and that type of business too, when you look at that, and then the other business that comes from that is all those people now that are tied to you, you know, each one of those has between three to four people that they know. And so it just, it snowballs is, is to, to that effect. And it goes back to consistency, running your, your system and your process. And the other one is just your level of professionalism, you know, because I think the other thing too, is I think about this too, there's people that I've worked with where I would never refer them because they're not going to make me look good. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand. So with your strategies and everything you're talking about at the same time, is your process really dialed in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we call that the referable client experience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is your process really dialed in? So it's the same, right? Is it because if, I, if I'm going to refer you, I know like uh, a gentleman that I work with, his name's David in real estate. And I know if I refer people to David, they're going to get treated the exact same highly professional way that I was treated. And I know that's not going to change. It's because he's got such a great consistent process and he's earned that he's earned that space in my mind where I say, you know what, I'm going to refer him. Um, but I can't say that, you know, we have a large population of our industry that just they kind of flag a little bit by the seat of their pants, a little reactionary, and they just don't have consistent processes. They, they really don't. And, you know, it's funny when I start teaching people about referrals, I always just say, hey, here's my disclaimer. I'm assuming you are referable. So right. if you're not, we need to fix that first. And 
the whole, like the way I describe a client experience and making a client experience referable is the very first word in the definition is repeat. It's a repeat process. Right. Exactly. That all clients experience because you've got all your processes in place, like you're making it happen. And so that it can evoke an emotion from them, but it can't happen if this client gets this experience and this client gets a terrible experience because you got busy because you had 14 deals happening and this client got the best experience because you had nothing happening and you were desperate, right? Like that, that process is key. Yeah, I agree. And so I think a combination of your, your great process, your great system, that running, and then uh, the, the language you use, uh, the seeds that you talked about planning, and then actually looking at your database to say, you know, what do I have right now? And am I building those people up? They're going to become uh, a referral source for me. Um, and I want to just last little thing here is I, I think what's great, Stacey, is that, you know, you've got such a great system in place. And obviously my goal from uh, talking to you today was one is because I, I think what you're doing is terrific. And I think we need more of this because like you said, there's a lot of this old school mentality where you just ask and we know that doesn't always work. But um, for the listeners out there today, if you got a, a little bit of stuff out of this conversation today, what I would highly recommend you do is do a deeper dive. And so I would say maybe start by reading Stacy's book, uh, Getting Referrals Without Asking. You can get it, pick it up on Amazon. I know it's also, it's in Audible too, right? It, yes, ebook, Audible, and printed. Perfect. And then your podcast, which you do what, every Tuesday you're doing uh, episodes? Every Tuesday for five plus years. Yeah. So there's a lot of content already there. Tap into that. And then you have workshops and resources they can also tap into from going to your website at Stacy Brown Randall, correct? Yes. So we, I mean, obviously there's a ton of resources and things that they can learn just from going to the website and checking things out. Um, but we do a few things throughout the year um, where we kind of bring together folks for that opportunity to learn. We have a very popular summer, summer school for referrals um, process that we do, a three, three uh, sessions learning the basics of referrals. Um, we do a lot of different things like that to kind of help people kind of jumpstart referrals um, well before they ever make the decision if they want to work with me. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, you know, and our goal and the reason why having you on is Winningbrook Coaching, our, you know, our goal is to make sure we're helping our agents have sustainable business and a sustainable life to where they're kind of blending them together. And we know that that comes from working a referral based business. Um, when you can work a referral based business, it's just it's it's more fun. Uh, you have higher close rates uh, and you work with people that you enjoy being around. So um, I want to thank you for taking the time today just to kind of go through some of this and just kind of giving us some nuggets and any last words you have for our listeners? Here's the number one thing I would tell you that if you do nothing else from hearing this conversation, the number one thing I would tell you to do is just spend some time in your database, figuring out who are your referral sources. Um, I've got a lot of podcast episodes, downloadables. It's in the book, walking you through exactly how to do that. But once you uncover who's been referring you, who are your existing referral sources because they've referred you in the past, it's probably one of the most empowering steps you can take with your practice to kind of figure out where your low hanging fruit is for maybe the deals that are going to fill your pipeline this year. Yeah, exactly. And we also know that this is a great time to do it because we do have with the way the market is right now, we have a big, big chunk of agents that are leaving the business and it's a great opportunity. I always say in these types of market times, it's an amazing time to pick up market share. Oh yes. Yeah. And it's easier than you think. <laughs> yeah. Easier than you think. Exactly. Well, hey, Stacey, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to talking with you again. And thank you for bringing so much information uh, to us. And uh, I really encourage everybody to tap into the information you provided. I'll put that in the show notes. And we always like to end these by saying, be awesome, help somebody make it a great day. Stacey, thank you so much. Thank you.
All right. We'll talk to you later. We just want to thank you for listening to Ask a Coach, the Windermere podcast. If you found our content helpful, please feel free to share it. And we always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.